Hey everybody, this is Eric of the Fat Packs. Wanted to give a quick shout out to our sponsors this week. Badger Breaks, Dynasty Breaks, Grand Slam Collectibles, Pastime Marketplace. And of course, our phone guests appear on the AI AB Card Breaks hotline. Make sure you're checking all the websites out and of course on social media as well and tell them the Fat Pack sent you. Now, on to the show. And we are back. This is the Fat Packs Podcast on the Beckett Podcasting Network. I am your host, Eric. What's going on, everybody? I hope you are having a blessed week. want to give a quick shout-out again real quick to all my sponsors. Uh, thank you very much for hopping on board and being a part of the show. Badger Breaks over at BadgerBreaks.com. Dynasty Breaks at DynastyBreaks.com. Grand Slam Collectibles, who you will hear later on the show. Pastime Marketplace, who have who they will be on shortly, probably in the next few weeks. They have a wonderful uh, collector's case for your graded cards. And, of course, our hotline is now sponsored by AIAB Card Breaks. And they have a, a code for you to use for um, a discount in their breaks. And I believe also Badger Breaks does too. They're both fat packs. Just use fat packs at checkout and you'll get a, a discount. And remember that Dynasty Breaks will give you $5 off for new customers. So let's just talk about the elephant in the room, uh, the the hobby that continues to just to burn itself down. Uh, I'm going to stay positive. Uh, like I said last week, I just want to stay positive. And I, I don't, <laughs> that's hard to do in this situation. So there are clearly a lot of things that need to be uh, corrected on a lot of, on a lot of different aspects. And as these, as this plays out, I'm just going to uh, keep my opinion to myself for the time being and uh, let, let's see what happens. Um, I don't feel at liberty. I don't. I don't think it would be very prudent of me to comment otherwise. So I'm not. And do, please don't take that as a. I'm. I'm. I'm backing out of a, a, a facing the situation. That's not what it is. I just don't think it would be uh, wise to to jump in and put my foot in my mouth about something that needs to be played out. With that being said, let's jump into new products and new pricing. Just one uh, product that's priced for you newly in your in your OPG this week is uh, Tops 2019 Tops Pro Debut Base tro, Pro Debut Baseball. Wow, that's a that's a tongue twister. Make sure you're checking that out. And uh, speaking of your OPG hockey collectors, I've been updating 2014 and 15, 2015, 16 uh, years of hockey for you in your OPG. Uh, that's Johnny Grudeau, Leon Drysaddle. Uh, David Pasternak, uh, Pasternak, Pasternak, Connor McDavid, Jack Eichel, uh, respectively. Lots of updates there, so make sure you're checking out your OPG to see those and uh, catch them in your magazine if uh, if you so desire. Uh, new products got a lot of new products out this week. The big one, of course, is Tops Series Two Baseball Set Collectors. Rejoice! You can finish your sets now until the update series comes out later the year. 2019 uh, MLB stickers and sticker albums out are from uh, are out from Tops. Sage Autograph Football is out. 2019 Historic Autographs Original Originals Baseball. That's uh, year 1934. 2019 Greatest Hits of the 90s Baseball is out. 2018 Leaf Pro- Perfect. I'm sorry, Leaf Perfect game baseball is out, and then from Panini we have 1819 Panini Noir basketball. Uh, that's got a high end, high class feel to it uh, as well. Look for um, all your favorite names plus some retired players there, and uh, it, it, it's a beautiful product. So I hope that you guys are, are checking those out and enjoying them. All right, I'm gonna move right on uh, into the next segment. As a, again, I'm rolling solo, so kind of a quicker show i guess i'm gonna 
check out Grand Slam Collectibles later in the show as they're going to hop on. But it, it being Father's Day weekend, I wanted to uh, share a story with you uh, about my father and, and collecting. So uh, look for that on the other end of this break, and we'll be right back. Hey, this is Brian from Stock Signatures, and you're listening to the Fat Pack. All right, we are back after that quick break. I uh, want to thank everybody for hanging out again this week. Really appreciate it. And uh, here we go. Let's just jump into this. It's, uh, it's going into Father's Day weekend, and obviously everybody has some kind of story I'm sure that they could share about and everybody in the hobby has some kind of story that they could share about, you know, they're collecting with their dad or so, at least – their dad getting them into it and maybe not if their dad a father figure and you know whether it be a brother or, or an uncle or you know what what have you this is a story that i wanted to share because um it's it's a special one to me and uh i i think you guys know i've i've never been afraid to be vulnerable here so if i start to tear up or you hear a buckle in my voice it's it's only because uh i'm you know it's it's, it's something i wrote uh, I guess, gosh, May 12th, 2017. So this was two years ago. But uh, I, I thought I was going to try to do that a $30, uh, I'm sorry, a 30-day baseball card challenge, which I just, I'm not a blogger. Shout out to Dub, who who does this, and Cracknell, and, uh, and, and Kinsley, who all host blogs and keep blogs. And I can't do it like you guys do. So, uh, but this is a time when uh, and I, I, thought I, would, I thought I would give it a shot, and I did. I didn't care for it, but uh, here we go. So this is a story uh, about my dad, and uh, if if you've listened to the show before, and you've picked up on it, my my dad, my stepdad, who I who I call dad, um, he he passed away on Father's Day of nineteen ninety eight, and uh, it's a it's so it's a tough it's a tough thing to go back and and uh, work my way through. But I do, and because I do it because I loved him. He was, he was a great man. His name was Mike, and he was uh, an absolutely godsend in, in, during that time of my life. So um, this is a, a, something that I wrote back in May of 2012 just to celebrate Father's Day here. Um, it's called Coca-Cola Monsters of the Gridiron, a 30-day baseball card challenge. All right. As I described in my last entry, I'm from a small town, so... So small, in fact, that I'm 99% sure that if you were to ask me if I knew someone from said small town, the answer would be yes. Of course you would. Have to allow me the handful of names that would have moved since there. Wow, wow. Let me start over because I'm getting tongue-tied already. All right. As I described in my last entry, I'm from a small town. So small, in fact, that I'm 99% sure that if you were to ask me if I knew someone from said small town, the answer would be yes. Of course, you would have to allow me the handful of names that have moved there since my departure, but for the most part, it's full of families that have lived there since I was a child. And even though it's grown a little bit since then, the integrity of the town is still very much the same. All but one or two of the structures that stood when I, when I lived there are still standing, with the additions of a few more businesses around them. One such structure that has been... That has since become a repurposed building, and it was the local IGA store. For those of you <clears throat> not in the know, that stands for Independent Grocers Alliance. Think of stores like Piggly Wiggly or, or other small town stores that really can't compete with your Kroger's or Fred Meyer's or King Supers, all of which are owned by the same company, by the way. The store in question here was known as Levels. 
It wasn't fancy at all, in fact. It was far from it. When you walked through the automatic doors, if they worked, you were hit directly in the face by the smell of stale air conditioning, cigarettes, and regret. It was a small-town store at its finest. Somewhere in the middle of that store, my parents told me the first lie I can remember. It wasn't about Santa Claus, the Easter Bunny, or the Tooth Fairy, and I don't fault them for those. Rather, it was boldly declaring that Shasta Cola was just as good as Coca-Cola. Upon tasting the difference between the two, I questioned if they even loved us. Funny little word, us. Those two little letters butted up against each other was the answer to my question. We were told Shasta Cola tasted the same because there were five kids under the roof and my parents were working with a fixed income when it came to bills and groceries. So if we did get cola of any sort, it was always Shasta because that was the way, that's what they could afford. Never mind the fact that somehow, in some way, by what one can only assume was the abundance of the Lord, a 12-pack of Coca-Cola always made its way into the basket for my parents. I think it's why I have trust issues. Dinner time at our house was always an event. When feeding five kids, there was always staples on the menu. Hamburger helper, spaghetti, goulash, chili mac. Come to think of it, it was all just meat and noodles. We would sit around the dinner table like a game of Russian roulette, and my dad would pick one of us to pour him a Coke. When it was my turn, I would always sneak a sip in the kitchen before I brought it out to the table. That, as it were, was when I figured out the lie. On one such occasion, the hand of the Almighty chose yours truly to pour his soda for him, and I opened the pack, the 12-pack, and I noticed a pack of cards glued to the top of the cardboard that I ripped away. My heart stopped for a brief moment as I had to devise a plan to keep these for myself. As luck would have it, I was the only one of the five kids that cared anything about cards, but my brother was greedy, and I knew he would try to, to finagle them away if only because I wanted them. What was I to do? I couldn't take them back into the dining room for all to see. That would spell certain disaster. I couldn't whisper to my dad because that would let the other four know I was up to something. So I slipped them in my pocket and waited until the timing was good to bring it up to dad. Dinner was excruciating, not because we were having meat and noodles again, but because I was sitting there with a pack of unknown goodness burning a hole in my pocket. I'm sure all of you know that fi- I'm sure all of you know that feeling. It's like picking up a blaster while you're out shopping and not being able to contain yourself when you get back to the driver's seat of your car. You have to rip it open, but not before you share a picture of it on Facebook. (laughs) Not before you share a picture of it um, in every Facebook group you're in with a status update that reads something ridiculous like retail therapy or lunch break because you need as many W's as possible before you you tear that thin film of plastic to get into that $20 that you most likely just wasted. This, however, was the early 90s, and blasters were not yet available. But the inside of 12 packs of Cokes around Halloween were ripe for the picking. All I knew in that moment was that there were cards in my pocket, and I had to keep, keep cool through dinner so that I could have them. We finished eating, cleaned up the kitchen, and started to get ready for bed. Everyone disappeared to their own corners of the house, but I hung out with Dad for a moment. It was... Then that I pulled the pack from my pocket and told him that they were in the new 12-pack of Cokes in the kitchen, and I asked politely, because you get more flies with honey, if I could keep them. The air grew thick with anticipation as I waited for what seemed like forever, but in reality, it was mere moments. My dad smiled a smile that only he could and said, come with me. He took, he took me out to his work truck, 
and handed me another three packs that he had been saving for me. He knew all along and was waiting until the moment was right to give them to me. We sat outside in that cool evening air. I'm sorry. We sat outside in the cool evening air of Texas under a sunset and opened four packs with the most worthless football cards since pro set. I remember that Emmett Smith and Steve Atwater card. Steve, I'm, I'm sorry. I remember the, the Emmett Smith and Steve Atwater cards. But what was more important is that in that moment was the time that I was spending with my dad with no interruptions. Being a middle child is hard. Being a middle child in a blended family is even harder. The man I was opening those packs with was actually my stepdad, but he never once treated me as such. He died within four years of that moment, and I was standing next to the plot they buried him him. When I was standing next to the plot that they buried him in, I tossed in the Smith and the Atwater. That moment That moment was ours, and I wanted to make sure he carried it with him to the other side. My oldest son isn't into sports cards at all. I'm pretty sure he couldn't care any less about them. He does, however, really enjoy superheroes. So every chance we get, it, get, we open a pack or two of whatever random superhero packs are at my LCS. The contents never matter to me. Rather, the experience he has flipping through those cards. And every time we do it, the smell of cool fall Texas air fills my nose. If only for a moment. Excuse me, I'm sorry. Mike was a good guy. He, like I said, he passed away on Father's Day of 1998. And uh, it's hard for me to think about him because uh, I miss him, you know. And as I'm sure there are others out there who have stories like that who miss, who miss their dad um, or miss, miss their parents in general. Uh, yeah, he, he did a lot to help bring me into the hobby with stuff like that. And I remember one time he was on a job and he brought home like just boxes and boxes of 1991 score baseball. I don't know why somebody had thrown them away. I don't know why, but he brought them home to me and was like, Hey, here, I found these for you. And, uh, it was really cool. He, he used to take me to the card shop in town. There was a card shop in Springtown, which, I don't remember the name of the lady who ran it was very mean. I remember her being, not being very nice to kids, but it was on the square next to the checkers, which is now another restaurant. Anyway, that's my, uh, I wanted to share that with you because we're going into father's day weekend. Like I said, and it's a, a special time for people who reflect on their relationship. Well, obviously who reflect on their relationship with their fathers. Everybody does that. But uh, for those who got into the hobby because of their dad or helped get them into the hobby because of a father figure, it's a, it it means something uh, special. So I just wanted to share that with you guys. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Now I'm going to dry my face and uh, move on to, uh, to Nate over at only at grand, uh, Nate over at grand slam. He'll be on the phone line next. You guys hang tight. And we'll be right back. This is Cynthia Dick, a.k.a. Queen of Abs, and you're listening to The Fat Pack. All right, guys, thanks for hanging out with me after that break. I hope you enjoyed that Father's Day story. Uh, it, it was a special one to me uh, as I, I broke down uh, 
collecting how my dad helped get me into collecting and so i really hope that you guys appreciate that let me know in your in the comments you know if your dad brought you into collecting or you have any great stories or, or share some pictures with us as we uh, as we celebrate father's day weekend but now on to our featured guest coming to you on the aiab card breaks uh hotline this is a, a great new show sponsor i'm sure that you all know who he is this is nate from grand slam collectibles what's going on nate What's up, man? How you doing? Man, I'm doing really well. Uh, thank you so much for joining the show this week. I, r- I really appreciate, first, your sponsorship and, and backing the show. You guys are backing the Beckett Night at, at the National. You just have so much going on, and we're going to get into all that. But before we start, I just need to know a little bit more about you, Nate. How long have you been collecting? How long have you been involved in the hobby? Um, I opened my first pack in 1984, so 35 years. Um, started setting up at flea markets when i was 12 um pretty much hustled cards through college and uh have, have been doing it most of the time in that 35 years wow so 84 is that was that tops was it what, what, what brand was it oh it's tops uh, the green pack yeah but, uh, <laughs> i was chasing strawberry and mad mainly strawberry at the time maddingly i don't think I was seven, so it's hard for me. But I know Strawberry was who I was after. I, I, I do remember that. I remember opening packs um, like it was yesterday. Really? So, what, just take me back to that to that first pack. Then, like when you pulled that plastic or that cellophane back, what was your what was your first initial thought? Well, I mean, the first pack I ever opened was a '84 Fleer Cello pack, and uh, I I got a Carl Yastrzemski. And okay. at seven, I didn't even know who Carl Yastrzemski was, but I have a brother that's uh, five years older than me, so he would have been a, a 12. Well, he wanted that card from me uh, bad, and <laughs> that was the first thing as a seven-year-old that my 12-year-old brother ever wanted from me. So from that moment, it just clicked. And, uh, you know, from from that, the rest is history, man. All my allowance and, and, and the uh, work I did around the house went to sports cards. Right there. So then you say you get into pushing cards at 12. Uh, now, was, did you say flea markets? Is that what you said? Yeah, I would set up in the summertime. Um, we had a flea market in Huntington where I grew up, and uh, I'd wake up at dark. My dad would take me and another friend of mine to uh, the Huntington flea market, and, you know, we were buying and selling and trading at 12, or I was 12, he was 11, um, at the flea market, started setting up at card shows in Paris, Tennessee, and Jackson, Tennessee, and it just kind of, it just kind of evolved. I, I knew when I was, that same year I opened that first pack, my parents took me to EGADS in the Hardy Mall, and when I walked in and realized a, a grown person could sell baseball cards for their job, I mean, I knew, I knew at that moment that was what I was wanting. To, that's what I wanted to do. So yeah, that's pretty much the story. That's that's crazy. So, what's the baseball card? What's the sports card scene like in in Tennessee in the eighties? Is it like anywhere else in the eighties where there's an abundance of shops and everybody's getting ready for for the big push, or is is it sparse? Uh, in Middle Tennessee, it's great. We have a show. We have a show four times a month here, right here in Middle Tennessee. I have a buddy who has a really big show in Nashville twice a month at Lighthouse Christian School, and uh, he also has two shows a year where Beckett comes and does raw card review for us. Mm-hmm. Beckett comes and does raw review at the store that weekend. Um, so, I mean, the sports card industry, you know, is obviously 
it kind of feels like it's 1989 again. Um, and it's no different. Middle Tennessee is a really booming area. So there's just lots of people coming in. I mean, we're already having people come in and ask for Zion Williamson. And Middle Tennessee is a good place to have a store um, as far as I'm concerned. Now, how far are you away from Nashville? About 30 minutes from the airport. Okay, so uh, again, we'll, we'll get into Grand Slam, I promise. But uh, with... With the Blues winning the championship last night, and I mean, I, I know that St. Louis is not horribly far away. Do you still have a smattering of, of Blues fans, or is it all Preds fans right now? Oh, it's all Preds fans here in Middle t- Tennessee. The ones that come into the store, um, I don't really have any. I don't really have any guys that come in that are just Blues fans. It's Predators, or a lot of a lot of transplants are from Michigan, so we have Red Wings fans. Mm. Um, but nah, the, the blues are just a little bit too far out of our reach, I guess. <laughs> it makes sense. Like again, I was telling you off air, I was, I was just in Memphis and like, I saw some, I saw some blues fans in Memphis. So I was just, I was just wondering, there is a, there is a real divide between Memphis, Memphis and, and Nashville and like the hate is real. I don't understand that. So can you explain to me from a sports standpoint why that is? Um, I mean, I don't. I don't really understand that. I mean, I don't see that where I'm at. Okay. I definitely, here in Middle Tennessee, there's probably 10 Titan fans for every one Grizzly fan. And me personally, I would maybe, uh, you know, that I would think that as far as I'm concerned, I've never really um, experienced any of that as far as the divide. Now, St. Louis is much closer to Memphis than it is Nashville, I would think. Mm-hmm. Yes. So that probably makes a little bit of a difference, but... Now, nah, man, I, I've got friends that are Titans and Grizzly fans. One of my, my best friend in sports cards is literally a Titans and Grizzlies fan. So nice. I don't see it here as much as maybe they do. Okay, all right. Well, I might be off base there, but anyways, let's now let's get let's get back to you and Grand Slam because man, you have big plans for Grand Slam collectibles. But let's start at the beginning. Where where did the idea first for a shop come from? Oh, I mean, you know, like when I said when I walked into Egads, that was. Uh, you know, that was when the, the seed was dropped, okay. and then it just always grew. When I was um, in college, I opened up a, a, a little small office on our court square, and I was doing eBay and trying to get off the ground, but we had, we had uh, my wife was pregnant with twin little boys, and you just need, you need a, a, a good, substantial amount of income when, when things like that pop up, so I had to, I had to get into real estate and, and uh, go back to just doing part-time sports cards. So um, when the opportunity arose and we were finally in a position to take that chance, uh, we did. You know, and it's the best thing I've ever done. Yeah, that's that's crazy. So, like, the dream is there. You're, you're working in real estate, like you said, and then you just took that chance. What, I mean, right, what, yeah, what pushed you though? Like what, what made you say, all right, this is, I'm, I'm going to do this because this is something I've been dreaming about since 1984 when I was seven and opening up Fleer cello packs. What, what finally gave you that push and that urge to do it? Well, I mean, I was getting, I was 30, I think I was 39 years old and, and you know, I, I don't, I can't speak for everybody else, but I'm assuming that everybody has a passion that's inside of them and, there's always that little voice that's whispering and it just, it never went away. It only burned. And I knew, you know, I knew this was my last chance. I hadn't, 
I hadn't gotten over the hump, you know, in 98 or 99 and had to go get um, what I would consider, a, you know, a, it's not a nine to five job, but being a real estate agent is a, is a, I guess a real world job compared to sports cards. But, um, you know, I had to do that. So it was always nagging at me. Um, so over time, I mean, you got to remember when you have kids and you have bills and you have all these things, you have to put yourself in a position just to take that swing. So it took years to kind of work our way through it. And then, um, I got lucky. I walked into a card shop, um, that had a raw Jordan, um, I thought it was a nine five. We submitted it. It was a nine five, and that was that was ten thousand of it. So that, that that was part of it. That that ten thousand, and then I had built over these years. I was always going to the you know I was going to the nationals a lot of times. I was working the smaller shows, and I was building that money just for the moment when I you know had an opportunity, and and it kind of just all uh, came together at that time. You know, back in two thousand sixteen. That's. That's great. So 2016, you open your doors. What What's the community like? Well, what's the community feel in, in there in Middle Tennessee when you open a card shop? Because to be honest with you, and I don't think I'm saying anything that you don't already know, a brick-and-mortar card shop, you just don't see those open brand new very much, especially during, during 2016. So what's the community feel? Is this something that they, they liked and rejoiced and gathered around, or were, was it kind of tough going at first? Oh, I mean, our local customers are the only reason we're at where we are now. They, like, we we have trade nights, and, and those early trade nights, I mean, we would have 40, 50 people in a small card shop supporting us, and uh, they are the ones that gave us the, the opportunity to kind of get out there, get our feet under us, and then figure out some of the social media um, to really you know, really get in there and mix it up with some of the other uh, bigger, uh, you know, stores. And to answer your question, yeah, they rallied around us. Um, nine out of ten of them here locally are, are great. They, they let people know wherever they go. Um, they support us. Um, they, like I said, they truly are. Uh, there's probably 20 or 30 of them that were really, really um, – supportive and spread the word and, and made it happen. I mean, I'm telling you, we wouldn't be talking right now if it wasn't for those guys. I would have made it six or seven months, and then I'd have went, I, I would have went back to selling homes. So this wasn't something where, you know, I had no loans. I didn't have parents giving me money. I didn't, I wasn't going to go to PayPal, none of that. It was what we had is what I had, and there wasn't a lot of oxygen in the tank that day I opened. So. Sure. It was imperative to, to lean on these guys and get them to help spread the word. And, you know, they're spending their hard-earned money with you. So um, without them, you know, I'm probably out showing a house right now. That's that's incredible that you have such a, a devoted customer base that right there that helped you with the jump and are doing a good job of promoting you as well. That that speaks – well, you know, there's there's no – there's no better advertisement than word of mouth. So that speaks volumes to the kind of hobby shop that you're running. That's amazing. Uh, congratulations on that. Um, you are a 
I, I told you offline, off air, that I, I probably wouldn't bring this up, but I, I want to bring it up just because you're a generous man and you do good things with your money and you're very loved in the hobby. Uh, you you got yourself into Allen and Ginter, and that's really cool. Uh, there was some controversy on my end about how how that happened. It was not a shot at you; it was just shot at just the general thought of it. But you, it, that's never neither here nor there. You got yourself into Ginter. What's it like now? Uh, 35 years later to have your own baseball card? I mean, for me personally, it's a, a dream come true. I mean, if you'd have told me the uh, the worst kid on City Drugs Little League baseball team would be the one on the top <laughs> card, I mean, you literally would say it was impossible. I mean, and I think that's how I want to live my life and how I want to you know, explain to folks is that nothing's impossible. At that time, it was literally impossible. Well, it's not impossible. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gary V's on the Topps baseball card. Fish is on a baseball card. Sean at Steel City's on a baseball card. Man, you can bat zero at 10 years old, and you can still make your dreams a reality, man. <laughs> and it's one of those things that that's what's important to me. Um, it, it's something that, you know, if something would ever happen to me, hey, at least I feel like I earned the right. I made my mark in this industry, and... My children will see that one day. They'll have that card, and they'll at least know that, hey, he, he did matter. Absolutely. So, you know, that's why it's important to me. And you know what? Again, it, it's it's a great thing. You did a great thing, and you, you now you have yourself uh, immortalized on a card. Let's talk about the signing process. You took a picture of it, and you tweeted it out the other day, uh, the red ink and the blue ink. Uh Sitting down, I, like I've been in rooms with athletes signing things. That's it's it's really cool and it's kind of surreal. But I've never signed my own baseball card in that uh, quantity. So what's that like for you? Because you always see people, oh look look how he's handling the cards and yada yada yada. But obviously, being a collector and a, and a hobby shop owner, you took time and care to do this, correct? Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there, there's only. I mean, in fairness to the athletes, these guys are signing thousands and thousands of them and it's not that important to them i I get it but for me i knew i was only signing a hundred i knew the only people on the planet who would want my card is either a customer or my family so i wanted to make good and sure that i at least just like anything else that you do you want to do it to the best of your ability yes sir and so i just took i took my time and, and I'm not knocking someone who signs 10,000 of them, and he's, you know, but I only had to sign 100. It's one of the most important things for me personally was that card. It just is. So I wanted to make sure I did it right. It wasn't anything. It maybe took, I don't know, maybe 45 minutes to sign 100 of them. It doesn't take long. Sure. You're not Johnny Manziel and things. I get it. You know, it's you take your time and doing it right, right. <laughs> man. Right. Uh, I'm I'm on your website. I'm looking around here, and like, you guys do a little bit of everything. You, you guys got break, you live breaks. I see you guys on Twitter and and uh, Facebook with your live feeds. You, you guys got some great products in here. Uh, you don't shy away from the older products too. I see some uh, 2009 Upper Deck Exquisite Football and 2009 Upper Deck. Uh, I'm sorry, 2010 Upper Deck Exquisite uh, Football as well. But you have something on here that I want to know about. Tell me what the Silvertown Hangout with your Wing Out Edition is. <laughs> All we do there is like we have different. You know how we felt was, uh, 
you know, our company, uh, these companies, they're strapped by autograph, you know, the, the MLB or the NFL or, or autograph purchases, all these things, the memorabilia purchases. And, you know, the return pound for pound, if you're not a collector uh, and you like to buy things to buy and sell, I mean, the return is just really rough. I mean, I'm just being honest. It mm-hmm. just is what it is. So we've tried to create products that we can that give a better return for our customer and like on a week where it's just top series two comes out or, you know, we have those products, you know, ready to go. But the product you're asking about is all it is, is 12 boxes of cars, you know, 12 cars. Okay. And we put them in our box and it's $499 a box. And then those 12, per, you know, those 12 guys buy a spot and then through random.org, we just randomize their names. You know, the packs are on the camera, and then once the random is done, we just, you know, if if, if uh, Sean is number one, you pull Sean, number one, you open it, go on. But, you know, typically those those products are like 80% return. I mean, you just do the math. I mean, when we get off here, just do the math on one, you'll be like, dang. <laughs> it's just, we're not trying to, to uh, you know, to get rich. We're just, we're trying to um, give our customers other options, too. Of course, you, you know what, uh, being innovative is important. So, what, basically, what you have here is a, is a repack, a repack product that's an in-store repack that you know they have a shot at something high end. That's really cool because you know some places don't have the ability to do that. Do you find that your customers are drawn to these kind of things? Like, I also see a Grand Slam exclusive Golden Nugget high risk high reward featuring a, a Jordan PSA eight rookie. Do you find your customers drawn at that price point? Forty nine ninety five. You can't miss on that. Do they? Are your customers drawn to this kind of stuff, or are they more traditional and they want the packs and the boxes? No, I'd say. I mean, the majority of my customers are, are you know guys my age, and they're not necessarily into big league or top series one. And, and you know, we release we we have a thousand of those golden nuggets, and we release two hundred every week or so. Well, we released two hundred last night. And all 200 sold. I didn't sell a box of Top Series 2 yesterday. So, you know, I mean, there may be an unopened order that I don't know about, but Mm -hmm. I didn't sell one in our store yesterday that I recall. So, you know, you're looking at something that we sold 200 of. Um, They, they, if, if you look at the hits on that, there's 20 really nice hits, and you have a legitimate shot. Yeah, the the opposite end of the spectrum is a $5 card, but I feel like, the math is the math, and if you're transparent, I, I mean, we may get one complaint out of a thousand. Well, mm-hmm. that that's unheard of. I mean, there's that to me feels like we're doing as good as we possibly can. Absolutely, that's awesome. That, that again, you're just giving your customers options, and uh, the good thing is, is you're you're on the web. It's on the website, so I'm assuming that anybody can just go to only at grandslam.com and and buy a spot and 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 be good with it. Is that correct? Yeah, you just hop on there, you buy your, your pack, and then we do our live shows on Monday, Wednesday, Friday nights at 730. Uh, it, it goes in order number. So you you can even if you're not watching live, you can go over to YouTube. Mm-hmm. We stream on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. So you can fast forward, rewind, and get to your pack and watch it. Um, that's pretty much how they do it. They definitely go to only at GrandSlam.com. Awesome. Now, uh, speaking of your live show, you're not you. You seem to have like a plethora of employees there that are able to jump on the camera because every time I tune in or, or watch you guys, it's it seems to be the 
a rotation of guys. Is that is that true, or are you just a, a master of disguise? No, no. <laughs> the other one is uh, uh, Smoking Joe helps me. He's he's another. He's been with me from the jump when this really got rolling, and he he likes doing it. Uh, the others don't like doing it, so it, it's always been he or I. Okay. Um, so I mean, I'm always looking for for someone else that that feels like they can do that because. Hey, I'm getting older. I'm not going to be able to do this forever. That's you know? it. Nobody I'm, wants to. I'm moving to Middle on. Tennessee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, I know that as a as a guy who's been in the hobby for for a long time, you can kind of get jaded and it kind of feels uh, routine sometimes. But there are, are are times and situations where they're like they're big hits, big pulls. What's been like the biggest card pulled in your shop that like kind of gave you a, a burst of rejuvenation in, into the hobby? Uh, I mean, we had an '86, '87 Fleer Jordan rookie the other day that great, you know, that we submitted with Beckett and it got a nine five and sold for twenty grand. There you so, go. I mean, that that was we opened an '86, '87 Fleer hobby box a couple months ago. Probably let's see, maybe February, something like that. Okay, and uh, the Jordan. Um, I mean, there's been, we, last night we hit the Patrick Mahomes NFL logo shield, uh, flawless one-on-one autograph that got me going. Um, I mean, we've hit some big cards out of Panini tops, upper deck leaf. Um, but I mean, the biggest one for me personally is the Jordan Fleer rookie. Um, we've hit quite a few five and $10,000 ones, but we haven't hit many, of the uh, of a card like that, Jordan. We hit a couple Luca RPAs out of Treasures. You know, seven, eight, nine thousand dollar cards, but right. not twenty. Wow, that's crazy. That's that's, that's crazy when that cu- stuff comes out and and then it pops a nine five. And you just you go through the roof. All right, you guys are doing. I guess apparently I didn't know this, but last year you did this and you're doing it again this year. You guys have an incredible giveaway that you're doing for the national. Tell me about this. Um, last year and then again this year we're doing it where um, we're sending a couple families to the national and what that entails is they'll get a couple nights hotel stay they get five hundred dollars uh, spending money two hundred and fifty dollars uh, break credit at the store or you know at the national uh, they get a couple of tickets to Beckett uh, night out at the ballpark they get two tickets to the Cubs or White Sox when they're you know whichever one's in town, whatever one they want to go to. Um, they get some, I think it's about two hundred fifty dollars for spending money and gas, or, or excuse me for gas and food. Okay. So, you know, all we're trying to do, man. I mean, it's pretty simple. Is is you know, as I knew before this kind of exploded, uh, you know, this life is expensive, and sometimes there's a father or a daughter or a mother that would love to take their child to the national in Chicago, but just can't quite swing it. Cause you know, they got to make uh, ends meet. And right. I feel like some of us, I mean, th- let's be honest in the last two years, card shop owners, distributors, uh, podcast runners, everybody, um, we're experiencing something that hasn't really happened in a long time. And if we're not, if we're not making a lot of mistakes, we should have some money to give back to, uh, the community and 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 you know plant those seeds. You never know that kid that comes this year that we send. He may he may 
take over our store one day, or he may start his own store in another city. So, I mean, that's really what we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. You're doing a great job of it. You're in a time right now where there seems to be a bunch of turmoil in the hobby. You're you're staying positive and you're giving back, and that's man, that's great because that's what the hobby needs. You just need a positive influence, and if if that's you, then then so be it. And I'm, I'll get behind you uh, any way I can. Uh, and, and help support that. So, um, well, this is what I want you to do. Whatever, whatever, fi- whatever winner is, you know, gets the prize. Can you bring them by the Beckett booth and let them sit down and let me have a conversation with them on, on, on the podcast here so we can, uh, uh share their experience with everybody else. Sure, man. That's no problem at all, buddy. We've already picked one, but yeah, we'll definitely, we'll definitely, you know, get in touch with you there, man, and, and send them your way. Awesome. And of course, if they're going to come to Beckett night, they can, of uh, course, run by the booth and say hi there as well. All right. Uh, I want to know who some of your, your influences are, uh, because y- you're following your dream and, but there, you got to have sp- somebody out there who helped like kind of push you along the way. Who's kind of a, a, a person who did that for you? Um, you mean like push me into sports cars or just to help foster you know, like help foster the dream of becoming a card shop owner. Yeah, yeah, help foster the dream of becoming a, a sports card I, owner. Oh, I mean, I, yeah, my brother. I mean, it's my brother, mm. uh, you know, when I was seven. I mean, it's pretty cool to be able to literally pick the moment when I knew sports cards. And then, boom, later that year, I knew I wanted to own a, a card shop later at EGAD. Again, that was because my brother was nagging my parents to go, not me. I, I was just seven. But when I walked in, I knew. So it was first him. And then my father, you know, my father, uh, you know, was a hardworking guy, and he was getting up at 5 o'clock in the morning in the dark to take his 12-year-old son to the flea market to help, you know, hone his craft. I mean, what, what, what more can you want out of your parents? Um, right. I'd say my father. And then um, other than that, it's just, it's just a, 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 a passion that's burned inside of me that just, it just won't go out, you know, it's just always there. So pretty much it. So you have big plans. Like I said earlier, like you, I've been told that you want to be the next, you know, the blowout or, you know, Dave and Adams, you want to be that in, in the Midwest, or I guess it's okay to call Tennessee the Midwest. How are you going to get there? What what are your plans to get you to, to get that big? Well, I mean, I think the way we're going to get there is, uh, Empathy and kindness. Okay. I think um, that's going to be the main ingredient. I mean, when you're talking about the titans in our industry, we're talking about guys that are just, you know, if we sit down and we take a test, I'm not going to win. They are These, these are smart guys. Right. Um, a lot of respect for these guys. They're the best of the best for a reason. Um, I feel like, you know, like when I first opened my card shop, that wasn't my goal. My goal was to make a living for my family. But as we had a little bit of success, hey, once you get up into the top 25, don't you want to beat Alabama? I mean, <laughs> right. do you want to go back and try to beat Vanderbilt still? Or do you, like, why not? Why, why, why on earth would I not have my sights set on the best of the best? And, and how, I mean, literally, that's how I believe we're going to do it, is with empathy and kindness. I don't, I, like, big homes nice cars, none of that stuff mean like it just I, it has no value to me whatsoever. So if I'm willing if I'm willing to um, concentrate on 
building our business rather than building a you know a big home or boats or you know what I mean. If we ever if we ever get in that position, we may never be in that position, but that's our goal. We're going to do it with empathy and kindness. Great employees. I will take my employees against any other five employees in this industry, and I believe that my employees will perform the best. That's awesome that you have such a um, appreciation for your for your crew, man. Because uh, you, you seem to be I, again. I've never met you, Nate. I don't want to put that off or anything, but I've never met you in person. I, you seem to be a genuine leader, and that's very. It's what this. That's what this time needs, and, and just in the world, and we need, we need genuine leaders and genuine people, and you seem to be that. So, uh, just thanks for doing what you're doing, man. That's really awesome of you to to lead lead from the front and not be a dictator. That's really cool, man. I, I appreciate it. Like I said, I, I'm I'm the luckiest guy in the world, man. All the customers, all the employees, I just kind of get to be the face of it, and. Um, live my dreams so i mean you can't you know it's it's sometimes i feel a little guilty because i get a lot of uh, the accolades when there's a lot of people who these our customers work awful hard for their money absolutely have, you know as you know they have thousands of choices out there there's a there's a group breaker on every sponsored ad in facebook now they right. have <laughs> tons and tons of choices and it's an honor when they're willing to spend their hard-earned money with you Absolutely. Yeah, it, that's a that's a big credit to who you are and what you're doing. All right. Uh, I don't want to keep you much longer. I've, I've had you on the phone for about 30 minutes. I really appreciate your time today. But before we get out of here, can you tell my listeners where they can find you uh, on your, all your social media outlets? And I'll make sure that they get the word as well. Sure, man. It's uh, just go to our Facebook page, Grand Slam Collectibles. Um, only at Grand Slam is our website. We're obviously on Twitter and um instagram just hit us up any questions you have let us know man we'll be glad to help all right guys make sure you go check them out you can find them on twitter facebook instagram and youtube uh, tell them that the fat pack sent you that might get you a little bit of something i'm not sure he'll have to tell you on the other end but uh thank you so much nate for joining me i really appreciate it guys thanks for hanging out with me this week uh, we're gonna get out of here on that uh until next week just keep listening cue the drake